This is episode 57 of the Gamer Sushi Show. In this week's episode, we talk about the Video Game Awards, a little bit more Assassin's Creed 3, and then we have a spoiler-heavy discussion about The Walking Dead. Hi, this is episode 57 of the Gamer Sushi Show. I'm Eddie. I'm Jeff. I'm Anthorns. And I'm Mitch. And we are beardless again. Again. Mm. I don't think I don't even think that bears mentioning at this point. Yeah, we probably they, should does it beard it, mentioning. You know. he, yeah. he is like the proverbial yeti. He's like the dad that left to go get cigarettes oh, and never, never came, came back. back. <laughs> it is his birthday today though. He, oh yeah, he, oh, so he happy turned birthday. 30 today. Grunt birthday noise in Serbia. Yay. Yay. No, yeah, now I have to go get that day. fucking noise and put yep. it in. Thanks like you can't find the grunt birthday noise on the internet. No, I use Bing. I can't find shit. <laughs> Why do you use Bing then? Do you not Microsoft have Google is, in Canada? Microsoft is paying me to. No, I just got 100 bucks for that mention. <laughs> the pipes don't reach that far. Bing your friends, which sounds <laughs> vaguely sexual. No, really. Why do you use Bing? No, I don't actually use Bing. Oh, well then why did you lie to us? I thought it would be a funny joke. Serious question, guys. Why does Mitch lie to us? I'm a compulsive liar. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's lying right now. So, so uh, speaking of compulsive liars, uh, this episode we're going to be talking about the Walking Dead series. That's spoiling the Walking Dead. Spoiling the Walking Dead series. Yes. Um, but first, we're going to talk a little bit about any kind of game news going on this week, which I don't think there's much. Hitman. Square yeah, Enix there was there was the, the yeah there was the big Square Enix tobacco. What they've they've just had like a hell of a time with Hitman. Well, see, the, the the first thing I heard about <laughs> Hitman was that commercial with him like murdering nuns that were sexy or something. They were sexy, sexy nuns. nuns. Yeah. Sexy yeah. nuns. Yeah. They sexy were, he nuns. wasn't there, murdering them. Any he other was kind. defending himself. They came looking for him. Okay, mm-hmm. right. It was yeah. the, it was the it was the castle doctrine. Stand your ground. That's what we do here in Florida. And obviously, Hitman takes place in Florida. So yeah, that was the first thing, and then this week they had a social media kind of a marketing thing they were doing where you could put a hit on your friends on Facebook, and then you, like that, that's pretty kind of weird anyway, but that probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but you could say why you were putting a hit on them, and one of the, like, pull-downs was, like, because they have small tits, or or small penis. All the things were awful, though, weren't they? Yeah, like, yeah, they were like, were like, you're yeah. like fat or just really horrible, you know, things. And it was funny because one in the comments on one story I was reading, somebody said, you know, why didn't they just let people choose what other insults that they could make themselves? And I replied, uh, because racism. And they were like, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that wouldn't have made it any better, letting people choose their own insult. <laughs> You no, could have just said sh- because the internet, and that would have yeah. covered like. Yeah, exactly. no, I'm pretty yeah. sure that that actually would have been astronomically worse. Yes. <laughs> so, so actually, they came out looking good, you know. So yeah, they pulled that within like an hour or two of it going up, I think. Which is impressive. Usually, it takes like at least the full you know day of the news cycle to get something like that going. Yeah. The other thing going on in video game news this week is the uh, Spike Video Game Awards are going to be tomorrow night. Which hooray, maybe no. I mean, that's just a bunch of trailers, basically. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't why they just don't cut the award part out and then just have like an hour long commercial and just string everything back to back. And Samuel L. Jackson's doing it again this year, and he's the guy that hosted it in those years when it was just bad, like really bad. Like now, it's not good, but it's at least not like intolerably terrible. I don't know. They did have a live tea bag on stage last year. Yeah. But who have they ever had that hosted it that was good? Neil Patrick Harris. Because he's always good. Oh really? He okay. Well, you know, yeah. He ho- yeah, nothing like a gay guy to host a video game award show. Dude, he can host the shit out of anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, he hosted the White House lighting of the tree at the Christmas. Just thing in case, today. just in case people don't get the wrong idea, I'm saying that you know, like the amount of homophobia on Xbox Live probably isn't the greatest crossover, but I'm glad you clarified that. I was afraid someone would take that the wrong Internet, way. Internet, can you yeah, hear no. the sound of Mitch jamming his foot into his mouth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apologize, Canadian. I know it makes you Mitch sick to hates gay people. That is the name <laughs> of this podcast. Yeah. Cutting all this out. Mitch the homophobe. <laughs> <laughs> Only Vitorfness for Mitch. But but seriously, like, you know, who cares who wins 
video game awards, I guess maybe the publishers do? Like, does it affect their sales like Metacritic does? Like, nobody really cares either way, right? It's just something they can put on the box. And, I mean, that's because that's it's, the thing. Like, no yeah. one wants to lose. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's people who don't care, but I mean, anyone who wins aren't going to be like, oh, no thanks. We're not interested in that. You know, the people that care the most are probably the fans. Yeah. I mean, like, if you win the Oscars, that actually affects box office. Um, yeah. there, there are awards that actually matter, but... Just even being nominated is usually enough to yeah. get yeah. a box office bump. Um, people, there's people who just like, oh, I have to see every Oscar movie. You know. One other interesting thing um, that they're doing at the VGAs, um, Valve just had the Saxy Awards this week, um, and that's like a, that was a machinima <laughs> thing where you could do stuff in Source Filmmaker, and then they would you know put it up for awards, and there's a bunch of different categories. But the they did all the categories like best drama, best um, action, best I forget what all the categories were. But they did the winners in each one, and then they're gonna have the best overall. Like the overall winner is actually gonna air on the VGA awards, hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, and um, Jeff Zachariah won for um, one called Bad Medicine that he did that was best drama. Oh shit! And so the thing is, like, no one knows if they're gonna just pick. Of the winners, you know what I mean? Because there's the five categories. No one knows if they're going to pick the best of those five, or if there's like, or if anything else could have been eligible for the best overall that didn't win one of those. Hmm. So if that's the case, Zachariah had two. He had that Rumble City one I sent you, right? Um, that was incredible, and then he had Bad Medicine, and Bad Medicine won Best Drama. So it'd be and interesting. So, and if, so the Jaxies were all like stuff made in Source Film Source Filmmaker. Yeah, the Saxies. Saxies, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's all it was, it, it was all stuff done in uh, Source Filmmaker. Um, let me see if I can find his Bad Medicine one that that won Best Drama or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's interesting stuff. I mean, I looked at some of the other entries; they're pretty cool. But yeah, that's the one he did for that one Best Drama. Put that in which the, is funny because it's not. Notes. Yeah, it's not even super dramatic. It's actually pretty silly. <laughs> it just seems dramatic. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there aren't many really truly dramatic things in in the the source film, filmmaker stuff. That I wouldn't, I would assume that people would not be drawn to making a, a YouTube short that's like serious and dramatic. Well, this is like the doctor from TF2 like shooting up with some medicine and then he starts tripping, like <laughs> is basically what it is. Fair but enough. yeah, so it's actually kind of funny, but. <laughs> Anyway, so they're gonna air. They're gonna air the the overall winner tomorrow night during the awards. So well, that's so. That's what kind of are, cool. what are the the big trailers that we're expecting to see? Like what? Bioshock new, Infinite, new Bioshock Last Infinite, Us. Last of Us, um, Gears of War Judgment. Which Probably I'm curious to War. see. I'm not super curious to play Gears of War Judgment yet, but I'm curious to see it. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel. Like, I'm like oh, I'm open to hearing new stuff about it, but. In no way am I excited for that game right now. Oh, and a yeah. uh, new Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 trailer. Yeah, gameplay trailer, I think they said, which is yeah. nice. So those are the ones we're for sure getting, and I'm sure there will be plenty of surprises and right. announcements and I stuff. I wonder if there anything from, um, oh, what was the game that came out of nowhere uh, a couple months ago <clears throat> of the guy that's, like, sneaking into a party and then he has to, like, he, he blows up a bunch of cars in a... Intersection. Tell me the name of the game. Oh, oh that was the, uh, the E3 one, Watchdogs. Okay, Watch I wonder Dogs. if we'll see any more of that, or if it's too soon. I'm, I'd be curious because it was at the uh, VGAs two years ago that they premiered um, Arkham City. Hmm. It'd be interesting. We haven't heard. You know, it's been a little yeah, bit. They, they, yeah, I think it was the one two years ago where like we had like the a yeah. ton of shock surprises, right. and then last year wasn't as good with that. Maybe well, this that, year will be the year that we have all the. Sh- shock surprises again that also reminds me i mean maybe we'll see something from the next planned batman game yeah i mean that would be nice i do know that i remember last year and i just want to complain about this real quick bethesda won studio of the year and based on skyrim's track record with the ps3 they should take that back (laughs) just recall it just recall be like no sorry we're giving it to rocksteady instead because batman works so go fuck yourselves anyway (laughs) they haven't released any of the dlc for no, they said the like, new one that just came out, they will be able to release in, like, January on the PS3, but it's taken them, like, all this time to even get that. And they, none of the others they've been able to get done yet. Jeez. So. And Sony is, like, working happen? with them to try and 
fix the problem. I I really don't know how that happens because the DLC worked on the PS3 for Fallout and it worked on New Vegas. I mean, if Obsidian can get DLC right. working, right. you know, Mr. Bug Studio themselves. So but whatever. you played through all of Skyrim on PS3? Uh, not all of it. I've played about like 50 hours of it and I've just, oh, okay. you know, I, I stop and start and everything. Yeah. But it now that all the patches have come through, it it plays okay. But it took a while to get there. Okay, so the the game of the year nominees for the VGAs are pretty interesting. I just I'm doing this to transition us into our next topic. The game of the year contenders are Mass Effect Three, Journey, Walking Dead, Dishonored, and Assassin's Creed Three. And the fact that Assassin's Creed Three is on there is a joke. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> that game is terrible. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Guys, <laughs> yeah, like but, I know we've talked about it a lot, but were the nominees picked by voters, or were the nominees picked by? I know that um, the winners are picked by voters. I think it was picked beforehand, and people just vote on it. Yeah, I think there's like a VGA voting board. That, that it's so picks. crazy to me that Assassin's Creed Three made it on there. Then they probably picked it when they assumed it was going to be good. <laughs> they probably picked it when Ubisoft came by their offices with a big sack of money and said, "Hey guys, we'd really like a nomination." Because it doesn't deserve to be on there any other way. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Mr. Caffeine came by and was like, I'm not leaving until you nominate me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and they're like, nominate it, nominate it. All right. My, my brother kidding, bought kidding. it, so uh, I'll, I'll get to hear what he thinks about it, and then I can play it for basically free. Yeah, we Ready, wanted to talk about it. it. Yeah, we wanted to talk about it for a few minutes before we went into our Walking Dead spoiler discussion, but I just finished it this weekend. I pretty much played it all weekend because I was sick. Um, and I was like, well, I want to play this game, and if I don't just play it all in one stretch, it's probably going to take me three weeks to play it. And so I started playing it, and man, the game is its just... I mean, pretty much everything Mitch said in his review is correct, but it the first couple hours is ridiculous. Like, you're running around, it's like, you run 10 feet cutscene, run 10 feet cutscene, run 10 feet cutscene. And they do. Um, does anyone care if we spoil little bits no, of it? No, I don't no. care. I'm not going to do major won't spoilers. Play Twenty bucks, if ever now. But right, the first minor Assassin's Creed three spoilers. Yeah, the first couple of hours you're playing as a guy that's not Connor. What? So what? That's which is very strange, especially because you know, okay, like this isn't even the main character. Can we get out of this? Like you're not you're even not, in America. You're not playing Desmond. You're playing just some random guy. Yeah, you're playing some random guy. Named, I always forget his name. Hey, something. Is it his father Hatham, or something? Hatham, Hatham Kenway. I always call him like Hayface. Hayface. <laughs> so what's Herbert. his connection to to Connor? Well, it turns out that he's Connor's father. Mm-hmm. Um, so he comes over and the but but that's not even a twist. You kind of start to see that coming. Um, so you're playing for several hours as him. You kind of start to get attached to him. I actually kind of liked him. I liked I liked playing. He's kind of like James Bond, kind of. Yeah, he's kind of yeah, he's kind of like James Bond in like the 1700s. Um, Jebediah Bond. And Connor is such a weak assassin character. Like he's just such a weak main character compared to like Ezio, um, or even Altair. Really. Or even Altair. Even though Altair didn't have much of a personality, Connor was well, just. Alt- Altair was at least a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Connor's too naive. Um, he's just he like could, a pat. He's an errand boy. He's basically yeah. a patsy. Yeah, for everybody. Huh. But um, so anyway, you're playing as this uh, Hayface guy, and at the end of like the two to three hours that you play as him, um, you've been doing all this assassin-y kind of stuff, and then he convenes together with like his people that you've been trying to assemble, you know, all this time, and then they they're inducting a new guy into the order, and all the oaths are different than the ones you've heard in all the assassins game, assassins games, and it's because he's a Templar. What? <gasps> so you've played as you've been playing as a Templar for two to three hours, hmm. and I was like, "Oh, that's, that's I was like, "Okay, that's kind of cool." But then, right at that moment, they switch you over to Connor, who is his son. Right. Um, does it ever switch back to <clears throat> Hayface? <laughs> no, it never does. Uh, to me, it would have been kind of cool to have a whole game played as a Templar I think character. They should. The next game should be like Templar's Creed or something, and they should just do as, as a Templar. Well, especially because in this game, Mitch, correct me if I'm wrong, but they had several moments where Connor was like, what do the Templars want? And the best answer we were given was they want control. And I'm like, we've had this for five games, and we still don't have a firm grasp on what they want. They want control. Five games. 
They don't want to synthesize or destroy? Yeah. <laughs> the, so basically, yeah, it's the, they're amorphous plant to take up, over Mitch. the world. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and so, I mean, Mitch, correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't really know what else. I mean, that's it. That's the best explanation we're getting. Is it one of those cases where you only know they're bad because the people that told Desmond they're bad? Yeah. Well, yeah, and that actually yeah. comes up at several points where Connor says to Achilles, his assassin mentor, just like, hey, our goals seem in line with the Templars. Like, shouldn't we be working together in this case? And Achilles just goes, no, they're Templars. They're bad. We don't work with them. And, like, he doesn't even, like, consider it. That He's just like, they're bad. So, no. Yeah, and it would have been interesting if maybe they had done something with that, with him and his father being, because, you know, Connor turns out to be an assassin and his father is a Templar. Right. And so... I was like, oh, there could be some cool possibilities with this, but they, they, they totally botch it. Like, they miss so many cool story opportunities, um, things that they could have done that maybe could have turned the series on its head a little bit, you know? Like, you know, like, I was like, like, when they first, when they first met, because, like, he knows that, hey, hey, Face is his dad, like, the whole game, but they never really explain how. He just knows that that's his dad, and he doesn't really have any reaction to it. And then he meets his dad, and his dad knows that he's his son, and that he's an assassin. Like, there's no surprise. They just meet each other. Like, and they take. <laughs> and then they're like, we should do missions together. And then you do a few missions together. And I was like, okay, this is kind of lame the way they botched this, but this could be cool if eventually you, there's a shift that happens story-wise and they kind of play with the idea of what do the Templars want and maybe they're the good guys or, you know. Um, but they didn't do any of that. <laughs> they probably saved it for the DLC. <laughs> but yeah, the side quests don't matter. Upgrading your weapons doesn't matter. There's no armor. Health regenerates. Um, there's literally no point to doing side quests. I didn't do any. I think I beat the game in ten to eleven hours. Wow. Which, just is, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Just this is disconcerting because I had skipped out on all the other ones to wait for this the numbered sequel with the new you know time period and everything, and then they take a shit on the American Revolution. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the main thing that me and Mitch were talking about earlier this week. Is the game just has so much wasted potential behind it? Like it had potential for a lot of great things, like even the Desmond missions. Like because you actually do some missions in the future. And I remember when Assassin's Creed One came out, I couldn't wait to do future missions. I was like, at some point, this game is going to catch up, and you're going to be Desmond in the present right. doing assassin missions, and you're going to be in a futuristic setting with these gorgeous worlds like they've been able to make, and it's going to be incredible. And they look really terrible. Uh, man. I mean, right, Mitch? Yeah, they're like, they're super bland. Like, compared to everything else, it looks like they just were like, shit, we got to make some modern day missions. So they threw together like some generic looking corridors and stuff and then just like threw you in them. Did it like, it doesn't like have any even... of the polish or presentation that even like the Frontier got. Like, like there's, not no, even there's no HUD either. So it seems like even the developers got sick of Desmond and his whole. Yeah. Thing. Does it That's, okay? So does it wrap up Desmond's story? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> it wraps up his story and then continues that plot line. Oh. Yeah. Like the the whole Minerva Juno ancient aliens plot line. Okay. Better ending: Mass Effect Three or Assassin's Creed Three? Mass Effect Three. Mass Effect Ooh, Three. I never had a problem with Mass Effect Three. Yeah, me neither. Really, so. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> well, no, I know. Just you know, some people were saying that Assassin's Creed 3's thing would piss off people even more, but I haven't oh, heard the, the, the outcry. Yeah, the ending's terrible. I think the, the reason there's less of an outcry about Assassin's Creed 3 ending is because you didn't get to make a choice. It's just bad. <laughs> Wasn't people that what Mass Effect 3's was like, too? Oh, no, just playing. No, I heard you saying there's no, um, you know, investment in it like Mass Effect was. The, the story is just such a giant cluster. Like, it just... I just kept texting. I was texting Mitch all the time while I was playing. I was like, "What is up? What is what is going on? This is so stupid." I think uh, the favorite text you sent me is you got to the final mission with the chase I was describing on. I think the last podcast, and you sent me this final chase is driving me to crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that final chase sequence was crystal so blue stupid. persuasion. Yeah. Like, and that's after the patch where they tune the chase difficulties down. Uh, yeah, the frontier is pointless. Like, you don't do anything in the frontier really. That's. That's disappointing because that was the m most exciting thing about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, but you don't do anything in it. Um, yeah, and I hear they say mostly you just you spend a lot of your time in the cities. Yep. Because um, remember we were all like, oh, they they switched to the forest, so it's going to be like a stealth game now. You know, like a different kind of stealth game. Yeah. And and they're like, no, you're just going to be in the cities. Yep. 
Pretty much. Far Cry so, 3 is a better stealth game than Assassin's Creed 3. In Assassin's Creed 3, you do like next to no stealth. Yeah. I found. And there's and there's a lot of running from cutscene to cutscene. Like it'll start you and your next thing is in the frontier, like two maps away. And you can kind of fast travel there, but not really. So you have to sit through several loading screens and run a lot. And then it's a cutscene. I'm like, why didn't you just start me here? And that, because that happens a lot in the game. And for, there's several sections where it's sometimes it's like walk forward 10 feet, then cutscene. It's probably uh, their way of hiding a loading. Oh, yeah. You know, like that, that's probably. The only reason they did that was to trick you and think that you're playing the game when you're not. <laughs> now, the only thing in the game that was really, really redeeming was the, the naval battles. They were seriously a lot of fun. I like those. I want to play that. Can they, they just they release should, that as like yeah, a downloadable? Yeah, Ubisoft should have just made like a pirate game with these naval battles because they're, they're a ton of fun. Man, see, now, now that you said that, I, I'm just thinking like what if instead of jumping forward in time, they... they you know, jump sideways and focused on assassins that were pirates. Pirates Creed. <laughs> amazing. No, seriously, I would. I, uh... <laughs> no, Jeff, that, would be, that would be awesome. So I, I when, think Evan, since... when, when Evan's playing it, there's a lot of naval missions. Like, they're all side quests. Yeah. I mean, some of them are, there's some story naval ones, which are, a couple of them are really cool. Um, but ask Evan if you can play one of the side quests because there's just a bunch of naval ship missions okay. and, and experience it because it's, it's hard to describe what makes it so fun. But like you're having to manage wind, you're having to manage your sails and you're managing your guns and your cannons and you're like ducking for cover when blasts are coming and you're ramming ships. And it's, it's really, really well done. And it's but it's so disconnected from the game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that since Mitch and Eddie said that Desmond's story is wrapped up. I think that would if, give them the leeway to introduce different time periods that take place even previous to the ones that, you know, you or like to the side or even previous. You don't have to keep going forward now that Desmond is out of the picture. Is what I'm saying. Maybe, but then like, what's the point of this whole like other thing they've been building with the ancient aliens? Like, is that never going to lead anywhere? Probably not. I, I don't know. I, I can't believe this. I can't. From playing one and two, I can't believe that the story went this direction. Like, why was this even a thing? It seems ancient aliens are in this these days. It's, Apparently, it's the hot topic. Another th- another random thing. I will get off of this in just a second. Another random thing is that the game just barely works. Like, I waited for the Thanksgiving patch to even start playing it, but the game still barely works. Like, it's so glitchy. It's It feels like a step back. And Mitch was saying this. It feels like a step back from Assassin's Creed 2, and it really does feel like like the, like the something, a game that would have happened between 1 and 2 while they were working on making it better because it barely works. Free running is glitchy and spotty all over the place. Like, there were times when Connor would just leap onto something that I wasn't trying to leap onto. Um or he would turn, or he would interact with something I didn't want him to interact with. Um, there was one time, like, chase sequences take forever in this game. I don't know why. Maybe I just suck at evading um, guards, but I had one chase sequence that lasted for 15 minutes where I was trying to get rid of guards so I could do the next mission. And some, it would like I would jump in hay, and it would just make me jump out sometimes, even though I was supposed to be hidden. And then one time I dove off of a building to land in hay, and I just landed on the hay on my feet. and then the guards all saw me and then the chase went on like another five minutes and i was so angry hey look that scarecrow's out of breath yeah i was so angry but and mitch i know you had a lot of those problems too yeah i did yeah like the chase sequences like several of them i had to do like a couple times because i would just fail them and also there were way too many missions where you had to stay undetected Mm, yes i hate that shit i mean yeah. The funny thing is, like, like complete like, desynchronization if you just were detected at all. Yeah, and like a lot of the levels aren't really built for stealth. Like you can hide it. You, one of the nice changes they made is you can hide in bushes now, but like, but there's no, are, there's no like duck button. Yeah, like, there's nothing. Like he'll automatically like duck if you get into bushes, but if you're trying to travel between them, like there's no button to, for <laughs> you to stands like stands up, walks over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly down. what happens, and then you would just get seen. Some guards so like, are the, you seeing this shit? Yeah. So the bush didn't even matter. Sometimes you're like, come on. Especially for those like eavesdropping missions where you gotta like trail guys. Those were the like, worst. Especially the ones in cities where like you're following them down an alleyway or like hiding behind stuff, and then it's just a little too far between your next two hiding points, and they spot you and you desynchronize. 
Like, yeah, there, there were these why things, would that even be designed that way? There were these things where you had to eavesdrop on people, and so they had a radius around them that if you weren't standing in that radius, you couldn't hear them, and you would get desynchronized. Mm. And if they saw you eavesdropping on them, you would get desynchronized. So sometimes they would be walking, and you so you had to stay in the radius and stay hidden. The radius isn't very big, and and it's exactly what Mitch was saying. If they stop somewhere where there's no hiding spaces, they would just turn and see you, and then you'd be desynchronized. That sounds fantastic. Man, see, I I think the Assassin's Creed Two trilogy uh, is great, but Brotherhood is one of the few games that is Brotherhood's made, so good. Well, but that last mission in Brotherhood is one of the few games that has ever made me like scream. So I'm trying to remember the last mission. The, now. the last mission, and, and we've talked about it a couple times because I think I keep bringing it yeah. up. This yeah, exact, we, this exact. Yeah, we brought this I up. I never remember it either. Yeah, well, it's it's the one where you have to run across the entire Vatican and every guard oh, in the city is on fire alert, yes. and you have a time limit, and you have yes, to be, and you have to be, uh, um, incognito, anonymous. incognito by the end of the mission to complete it. And I was screaming at the TV, and my brother was just like, you should stop playing. <laughs> you should mind your own business. I think I only passed that one because it glitched on me. Yeah, to be to be fair to us, we did talk about this last podcast, but last podcast was also like three weeks ago. Right, right. Yeah, so, well, I can't, we can't even remember what we did yesterday, so yeah. we're so, old now. Our brains are anyway, the, game, the game's got a lot of issues. It barely works. It feels like a step back. Um, Oh, but so, oh, so the reason I brought it up was because I was like, if that good game made me angry, clearly Assassin's Creed Three will just make me like burn down my house. Probably <laughs> kill it with fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm really disappointed because the game had a lot of potential. I am too because I was gonna I was gonna get this game and then I made my fiance who bought it for me and was gonna give it to me for Christmas. I made her take it back and go get me Far Cry Three instead. <laughs> Trust yeah, me, man. That's, that's me, the better uh, choice. Yeah, Mitch and Eddie told me it sucks. Can you go to Target tomorrow and get Far Cry 3 instead? <laughs> Fine. Well, um, sorry I keep clearing my throat. I keep realizing I'm not muted. But um, hmm. on Kotaku, they had a thing where it was like, ask the developers of Assassin's Creed 3 anything. And anyone that challenged them about, how come you guys went away from this system that worked really well in Brotherhood and Revelation? They were like, oh, well, we weren't developing the game with them. Like, we were developing our own game, and they were developing theirs, so that's why we're not having those features. And it's like, well, that's not an excuse. Like, it's I get like it. like they were, like, well, maybe in some cases they were across the world, but you could play the game and be like, oh, this works. We should use this. Well, but it just or makes like, sense hey, this is like, a subsidiary studio. Why don't we just take the code they built that yeah, we own exactly. and plug it into our yeah. engine? Why do you have to make it in a vacuum? Yeah. Or, or yeah. if not, you, like... <laughs> Clearly, they were not talking to each other, which is yeah. just, you know. The, the, yeah, the fact that they weren't talking to each other is ridiculous, that, that you can even use that as an excuse. Yeah, I mean, so. I understand the idea of trying to make an ongoing series, but I think it works better for Call of Duty the way they've worked it out, where you've got, like, different lines of continuity. So it doesn't matter if they're talking to each other, and they can, I mean, call, the Call of Duty games all share the same basic engine, too, right? Yeah, it's just yeah the, they they, like the they each, share the same engine and they the companies trade off right, you know players right. doing it. But each each studio has like their own you know special types of multiplayer like the zombie stuff and all that. But you know they, I think that's the the problem with farming out Assassin's Creed three or you know the Assassin's Creed games to different studios is if you're trying to make a co coherent series you have to be talking to each other. You know, well, and I, like, didn't, I didn't well, know how any of the menus worked for like um, managing your assassins in this game. I couldn't figure it out. I had to like ask Mitch because the yeah, game. I think, I think I mentioned like last time the assassin managing menu is hidden behind another menu. Yeah, it's it's awful. Like I, you don't know how to manage it. I mean, if once you can find it, you don't even know how to do it. I d ended up not recruiting any assassins in this game because the game never explained how to do it. What? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah the you game get you never walks you through how to do it. You get the first one automatically, and then for the rest of them, you have to do liberation missions until each district in the individual cities is liberated. But yeah, they never tell you it. They never tell you what the logo on the map is for. So you nope. you'll just be doing these random little side missions, and they'll say liberation contact unlocked, and you're like, what does that even mean? And like liberation means assassin recruit, but they don't tell you that. Yeah. So they have yeah. a lot of systems that worked really well that they just broke or redesigned or whatever. See, when they even announced that Assassin's Creed was going to become a yearly franchise, I think I wrote like, I think I wrote an article or, or just sort of complained about it in, in general. 
Um, just because I didn't think it would work with this type of like open world, you know, game where there's like a lot to do and it's you know it's very massive. It's not like Call of Duty where you you know you, you play it and you do the multiplayer you know all year. Um, but they actually held it up for Brotherhood, and then you know I know Revelations wasn't as good as Brotherhood, but you know it was still good. But it feels like it just it caught up with them here, you know. And it wasn't like it wasn't even the same studio that was making it. It was the people that have been working on. They've been uh, working on this one since two. Yeah, since two, which is even more shocking. But they weren't talking to the people who were making the other games, and it's not the reason that I thought that this wouldn't work. But it turns out that eventually it did catch up to them. But just for it a different reason, to, I it thought. caught up to them. And it's, I thought this would be a breath of fresh air for the series because it's like, I, oh, it people were, you know, it made sense. This is th- this went wrong in just the weirdest way. Yeah. Oh, and the combat barely works. But we've already talked about the game. <laughs> 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 so much of the game is broken, you guys. Like it, the game barely functions. <laughs> That's yeah. So That's anyway, let's turn around and talk about a game that is incredible. Now that we've ranted <laughs> for very long about Assassin's Creed Three, I did let's experience turn- one glitch during Walking during Dead. episode three. You said right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's talk about the Walking Dead games. Um, all of us here have played all five episodes. Jeff just finished episode five tonight. Yep. Um, I beat it all first. I'm the best. Yes. Jeff's, Jeff's the worst. Eh. Jeff, eh. Jeff did not experience any emotion during episode three, which means he's a robot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although you didn't say you never experienced, you didn't experience emotion. You didn't say that. Uh, maybe, I, I, did you experience shock like you shit your pants? No. All right. Well, then you also have no bowels. <laughs> <laughs> Get that checked out. Um, okay, so, so how do, should we do this? Should we kind of just freeform about some of our memories of the thing, or should we walk through the episodes? Well, well, since you brought up the emotion stuff, the one thing I can say is that um, I've, I was pretty emotionally involved in, in episode five, and, you know, it, I guess it's jumping kind of ahead, but I, I feel like Walking Dead has one of the best climactic scenes ever in a video game. Um, now, are you referring to the the hotel? Yes, the hotel scene. Yeah, yeah. That I thought there was a good. a shot where, like, you know, it was a side by side shot of Lee and the um the guy. I don't know his name right and now. It was so quiet. Yeah, it was quiet, but it was like the shot. Yeah, they're both sitting in the chairs and they're just talking to each other. And I was watching. I'm like, this is the climax of the game. Like, it's just two guys talking. I was like, and this is where you're being called to task for everything you've done. And I was like, and this is brilliant. As it was happening, I was like, this is fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you you acute, you know. I wasn't like broken down and weeping after episode three, but I really was much more involved in Lee and Clementine than I was in Duck and Kenny and Katja. So I, I, I had, you know, I, I wasn't like emotionally wrecked at any point, but I was really like intense, like tense throughout most of episode five. So. Um, well, five was this interesting. It's kind of it actually reminded me of the end of Mass Effect three, uh, not like the ending, but like that that moment before the battle, and you're walking around to all of your, you know, to all of your party, mm-hmm. and you're talking to everybody. You know, it's kind of this like impending tension. You know what I mean? Like that, that you're feeling, and you knew like we knew because it it's episode five, but it's just it felt like the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you you knew, and it's like your character knew it too that like something's coming. You know, yeah. In episode five, at the end of it, had me had me pretty teary. But. Yeah, I was like when Clementine was like, because I made her shoot me, um, and because my, my my thinking was she may need to do this again later on, and she should get used to it now with me. Because um, I was actually like I was a, I was fully in character at that point. I was like <laughs> thinking of her for Clementine hashtag, but. When she was like tearing up and like close, I was just like, "Oh, this is so." Sad. I wasn't even like sad for me. I was sad that she had to do this. Yeah, you know. Yeah, see, that's why I didn't make her shoot me. I told her to save the bullet because, like, I figured that, you know, I went through all this. I don't want to traumatize her by having her shoot Lee at the very end. So, so what happens then? Uh, you she walks away and Lee just slumps over and dies. You don't see him reanim- reanimate or anything. Oh, that's good. So she doesn't have to see that. Yeah, no, she doesn't see. She doesn't see zombified Lee. That's good. That's yeah. good. What I really like about the end is when you're, you know, you've been handcuffed to the radiator is you're basically teaching her how to play the game. Yeah. Which makes me think that she'll be the character you play as in, in season two. I hope so. 
Yeah, me too. Because like you teach her how to do everything, and it it's just and that's how you survive in this world. And it's it's a really really smart. As it was happening, I was like that once again. I was like, this is really good. Like, this makes up for the lackluster episode four. I actually didn't think episode four was was that lackluster. I mean, I I played them all in a row, so I, I I'm sure like if you're playing them, so and Anthony, you're like waiting weeks in between each one. Yeah, Anthony, I, I just, did you play them like as they came out? As they came out, yeah. Oh, no, I played episodes one and two in one weekend, and then after that I'd caught up, so I was okay. playing them as they That's came out. That's pretty much exactly I, I did one and two in one weekend, and then I played three, four, and five as they came out. Yeah, so I guess now that we've kind of talked about five of it already, we could sort of jump back to the start of it. Um, it was kind of interesting, and I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, how, like, the, the first one has a little bit more puzzle solve type of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Well, it gets to... less and less as the series goes on, but yeah, the first one probably is, I would say, the first and the third probably have what, the most? What thing? Yeah, the third the third definitely, like with that the, starting, the train. starting the train and everything. Yeah. Well, and also the second game was pretty heavy on that too, when you had to like figure out a way to break into the barn without letting mm-hmm. yeah. old, yeah. old yeah. what's-his-face, yeah, what's Shia LaBeouf, an actual cannibal, <laughs> figure out what was going on. Um, Shia LaBeouf. But, but it's it's kind of funny because like, I loved the game, but the actual quote-unquote gameplay or the traditional gameplay is a lot of times it tells you to walk quietly somewhere and you're on a rail. Yeah. You know, or the gameplay is really minimal and a lot of the game actually consists of cutscenes and just reactions. And that's really interesting that it's so involving when it, it's kind of like uh, it made me think, all the games that have tried to, to, you know, tack on moral choices, the Walking Dead series is is almost nothing but moral choices. Yeah. With like very little game, like traditional gameplay. And that's, um, and those parts where you're making the choices, and even the things that like will have no impact on at the time you're you're thinking this is going to have a huge impact, and when you got that little timer ticking down, it just makes everything feel really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just just the dialogue choices are like. The, the best part of the game. Well, I also kind of thought that, like, you know, so so if you, if you played a lot of the uh, old adventure games from the 80s and 90s, a lot of the time I would get stumped because the solution to a puzzle was something ridiculous, like find a rubber chicken, cut its head off, give it to a goblin, he right. gives you, you know, it's some ridiculous, unconnected series of events that gets you where you want to be. And that was, the gameplay was stumping you with a ridiculous fucking puzzle. Whereas I kind of feel like this, this game never really tries to stump you with a puzzle. Like none of the puzzles were really that hard to solve. You just looked in every drawer and you found the thing you needed. And there was no question that, yeah, you're going to have to use this to, to open something or there was a lot of times you would, you would pick up something and you would instantly know what you'd have to use it for. Yeah. yeah. Like, like in episode five, when I picked up the rib separator, I was like, I have to use this to open that elevator over there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, or like in episode three when I picked up that dildo. I knew where that was going. <laughs> Clementine like will remember that. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was deadly quiet. <laughs> Eddie trolling the podcast. All right. Clementine will remember you broke the podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of felt like they were trying to stump you with you know, your choices rather than the puzzles. Yes, the, right. pu- the puzzles were there to sort of break up the gameplay. Like, that's the thing. It had a little bit of action with the quick time events, which were generally pretty good, but every once in a while, uh, there were some quick time events in the train one that were really annoying. Like which ones? Um, in the... Well, right at the beginning when the bandits are attacking your camp, right? Is that the, the same episode? Uh, oh, yeah. Or that's... No, that's... Two? No, that's three. That's, that's, no, that's three. three. That's three, oh, yeah, because that's, that's why you have to leave, person. yeah. Yeah, so some some of that, and then in the office at the train station. I, I died so many times. I died a lot in the office. Yeah, yeah. See, the only times I died when is when the game would glitch out on me and wouldn't respond to my controls. Like, I died once in episode two, and then again in episode four. Specifically episode four, when you're trapped on the stairwell, and you have to, like, pull your leg out. Oh, yeah. No, I died, I, like, I died a lot I there, too. Times there, yeah. Yeah, I looked down to pull my leg out, then I looked back up to see if there were zombies, but the game wouldn't look back up, so I died the first time. Oh. I think I did, too. 
Yeah, so so every once in a while, those QuickTime events were kind of annoying because the um, window of time was so short. And also, I was playing on a PS3, which was fine for the most part, but I kind of felt like for the QuickTime events, a mouse probably would have been better. <laughs> well, it was mostly just the Q button. It was like Q, 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 E. Yeah. That's pretty much the way it worked. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting you were saying that like uh, they try to stump you with your choices because that's there was there were a few choices. I don't remember there being as many in four or five, but I remember one through three. There were moments where I sat there for a really long time trying to figure out what I was going to do about something. Yeah, yeah uh, me too. So, but I was a lot I guess of times I, was I played it like. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you guys what your hardest choice was. Oh, I got to think back to the choices, actually. Um, I thought really long in episode three about what to do with um, Lily. No, that was a snap decision for me. I was just like, we're leaving this bitch on the road. I said we're going to take her with her because I was wanting the chance to kill her myself. And it wasn't giving me that option right then. (laughs) So, So Jeff, that's what we were... Because Carly was going to be my digital girlfriend and she shot her. That's what Anthony was talking about when he was talking about like the the surprise. Like, when... When she just killed her out of nowhere, that, like I, I thought I was gonna have to choose. You know what I mean like I thought because I saw I, I was like Lily's gonna go off the handle here and like pull out her gun. Well, and, like pops really up a dialogue moment. option for a quick second, like right yeah. beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, we're gonna have I'm gonna have to talk it down. I'm gonna have to figure something out because someone's about to die, and I'm gonna have to choose who, you know. And then all of a sudden she just dies. Yeah. Well, they they do that a couple times where they fake you out with a you think you're gonna get to say something or choose something, and then it says no. You, yeah, you don't actually get to say anything. <laughs> there's, there's actually a YouTube video of people reacting to that, like as they play it, Jeff, and it's really, really funny. Nice. <laughs> I think my toughest decision was actually whether to take the food in the car or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, del- I deliberated over, that, over that one the longest. Yeah, I, I thought that was so cool that paid off in it. Yeah. I thought that was. I so mean, what? What happens if you don't? They still, the other people still take it anyway, yeah. and and that's the pro, that's the only problem is then when you get to episode five, you know Lee could be like, well, I didn't want to take it, the rest of the people took it, but since you're part of the group, yeah. you have to accept their well, choices and he's still, too. Like he still gets on because I didn't take the food. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he still okay. gets. I took it. He gets on bad. you for everything else you did though, like so I didn't take the food and and he's he still was just like, oh well, you saved the pretty girl instead of the the guy and mm-hmm. um like yeah he i couldn't stop clementine from eating uh, that dude's leg in episode uh, two oh. so he was like you let clementine eat a dude's leg and i was like oh. i tried man i said it's people and then they were just like yeah man there's people here it's like come on soylent green is people y'all never seen that movie yeah no i have um i made her i stopped her so I thought you were about to say I made her eat it. I made her, <laughs> I made eat, her eat it. Eat, eat the person, Clementine. I, I Clementine, kinda, don't waste your food. It's so tasty. <laughs> I like. It's. I kind of would like to see what it would be like to play through it as like the worst possible version of Lee. <laughs> like terrible yeah. dad. Yeah, because yeah, there was like. See, the thing is, I would play it sometimes. Like, what would made me agonize over my choices was: Am I playing this as a game, or am I playing this as Lee, or you know, or what I would do in that situation? Like, the one where you have to give, like, choose who to give the food to, um, when you only have, like, you don't have enough food for everybody. Um, I did it to repair some relationships, but one of the choices was, you can eat some food yourself. I'm like, well, I'm not going to die of starvation in this game. (laughs) I know, so I didn't, obviously, I'm not going to eat the fucking food. Mm -hmm. Um, So that way I could, you know, give it to certain people and, you know, try and repair the relationships. That was one of the parts where I was like, I'm playing this because I know this game will not punish me for not feeding myself right you know um but and that happened again with with um i think with uh was it the the food or not uh the food in the car um i was playing it like the way i what made me agonize was i was afraid that uh um clementine would then like give away something of ours later on in another episode because i taught her that it's okay to like take stuff Oh. And like, oh, well, other people might need this. Like, because when it's like Clementine will remember that, I'm like, that's probably going to bite me in the ass later. But it ended up not. So, yeah. See, the thing actually, is, speaking like... of the, sp- sorry, Jeff, speaking of the uh, food thing, there is one choice you can make later that actually does affect your character, and that's whether or not to chop off your arm in episode five. Yeah. I chopped yeah. it off. I did too. Did everyone so, chop it off? Yeah, I did too. Okay. What so, happens if, you, if you don't, if you don't chop it off, then your character faints at a couple points. 
So it's kind of a it's kind of a common thing in the Walking Dead comic book that chopping off limbs will mm-hmm. either stave off or prevent the zombie infection. And I guess that Lee was too far along for it to completely prevent it, but it gave him like a few more hours of consciousness and he gets weaker way earlier if you don't chop off the arm. Hmm. Interesting. So the food may not have done anything, but later on you have to make a choice about Lee's well being that actually does affect you. So mm. Yeah, no, I chopped that fucker off. And that was I actually did agonize over it because I'm like, what if it doesn't do it what if i just die now because of this i'm like well then i'll just restart over at this checkpoint so yeah. well yeah. even the way the way they implemented like the cutting it off was awful oh, oh, yeah, oh that god was, dude yeah that was because at first i was like okay i can do this and like it was like when and, and when i played heavy rain and like i had to like cut off the guy's finger it didn't yeah. really bother me that much but this was like yeah oh god this was bad <laughs> with a hacksaw that probably wasn't clean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was, it was sure nice of those uh, cancer patients to leave and take everything but the thing you needed to open the door and cut off your own arm. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good of them. So. Oh, I remember the choice I agonized the longest over. It was in episode two of whether or not to destroy Larry's brain before he came back as a zombie. Man, I didn't that, do it. Kenny, I, I didn't do it either. And fucking your boyfriend, Kenny. Oh, God, I hated Kenny so much. The entire Why did have a Kenny hate Kenny. fashion? He's no, a no, dick. Was the best. Well, no, he made the good choices that kept himself and me alive. He was a hypocrite. He was all like, "We can't. We're not going to worry about it when Duck's, you know, bitten." And then you get bitten. All of a sudden, he wants to. All of a sudden, now he wants to have a conversation about what happens when someone turn, gets yeah. bit. You know, yeah. now I can't oh, fucking talk at about the it. End, at the end of four, this is something else we can talk about. Um, at the end of four, I told Kenny off, and it was so satisfying because <laughs> Leah's like, you know what? F you, Kenny. He's like, you're going to puss out on me <laughs> because I didn't have your back once or twice, you know? I was like, come on, Kenny. Does he not go with you if you tell him to fuck off? No, he didn't go with me. I, the only person that went with me was Ben. I had everybody go with me. Oh, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you told them. If you, if you tell them that you were bitten, then they all rally around yeah. you. And let me tell you, it was like it ended this um, – like the the episode sort of like on a on an inspirational note, like the you know they were behind me, like we were all walking down the street together, like it was it was really cool. Yeah, see that so. that's what I I told them about the bite. All four of them came with me. I actually like near near the you know I, I fought with Kenny a lot in the first three episodes, but by the fourth and fifth, I was like more sort of reconciling with them, and by the end, he like ended up sacrificing himself. So. Well, see, that's the thing he he did in mind too. Like he, him, and Ben finally like reconciled because Mitch let Ben die. Yeah, I let Ben um, die. Oh wow! Ben okay, was so, like, you have to save everyone else. Let me die, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so Ben, when you're hopping over the rooftops in five, Ben falls down, mm-hmm. um, and then gets impaled, and so Kenny goes down. You and Kenny go down there. And Ben's like saying, "You can help me. You can help me. You have to help me." And then they're like, "Oh God, he's he can't make it." And then a bunch of zombies come. And then Kenny shoves you into the alley and locks the gate. And he kills Ben with like a mercy bullet, but gets killed doing it. And so that was pretty wild because him and Ben had kind of been at each other's throats. And finally, Ben kind of told him off, and Kenny realized how much of a dick he was being. And so then he sacrificed himself to like give Kenny. Or to give uh, Ben a merciful death. See, that's actually kind of cool. Like, so, yeah. so in, in my party, I had um, Omid and, and Krista and uh, Kenny. And the way it goes is you're running across the roof, and Kenny accidentally knocks the walkie-talkie out of your hands. And you have the choice of either like leaving it down there or, or you know, trying to get it. And Krista jumps down to get it. It gets stuck down there. And so Kenny has to like, like, he's just like, oh, fuck it. You know, and he jumps down there and gives her a boost up and then zombies get him. I'm sure if I hadn't like tried to go down and get it, then somebody would have died some other way. (laughs) No, I think, I think Krista jumps down there anyways, regardless of whether or not you decide to get it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's Kenny's getting off point right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, dude, I ha- I hated Krista so much. Like as soon as she comes in, every decision you make, she's always giving you the stank eye. Trying I like to say her because she, she kind of I think better than me. I was pretty mad in episode three when she rolled up and was acting and was questioning how I handled Clementine. I was like, "You better shut up, woman." Yeah, I like that. I like the homeless guy who kind of had the idea that maybe you shouldn't be in a group that it should just be you and Clementine together. Yeah, you know, I was like, "That's actually a good idea. I think I'll implement that in the future." And I never got a chance to because well, I fucking got bit by a zombie. Well, my yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing though was that scene after he talks to Lee. 
Um, and then you cut Clementine's hair, go through yes. a plan with her, and then you teach her how to shoot. I loved that scene. That was a really cool scene. I, I like that a lot. Um, my only, I think I had one issue where I can't remember exactly what I did. I think when, all right, in the pharmacy when Larry and um, Larry was a dick, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, I tried to be nice to him oh, a lot totally. of times, but he was just a total dick. Um, when Larry and Kenny were arguing about, I think, was it about Duck or something like that? Yeah, um, it would be about Duck. Yeah, and I can't remember what I did. I felt like, because there were several like conversational choices to make there, and I felt like I was with Kenny on most of them, but maybe I went against him on one, and boy, he never let me fucking forget it. For the entire rest of the game, he was like, you went against me in the pharmacy and this and that, and I'm like, no, motherfucker, I was on your side for most of it. I just, you were going too far in, you know, in the one direction, and so I was trying to pull you back, and he just was such a dick, like, and it was just because of that one choice, even though I did everything for them. Yeah, so actually, fu- like, I, the, the same thing Kenny. happened to me. I, I, I remember siding with Kenny, but the game said that I didn't. Yeah, I felt like that's what it was, yeah. And boy, he was a dick about it, so F him. Fuck Garrus too while you're at it. Man, <laughs> episode episode three Come on, man. I'm sorry. Episode, I don't mean episode that. three made me cry, guys. <laughs> no, like, like games have made me teary before. You know, episode five and this one made me teary. Like you know what I mean? Like, but never like straight up just like cry like a baby. Episode three made me cry like a baby. Maybe it's because it was like two AM and I was very tired. Mm-hmm. And Jeff pointed out today that I am a new dad, but I feel like you don't have to be that to have emotions, Jeff. I was very emotional. <laughs> uh, I was very emotional in three as well. Like, for, first off, I always played them in one sitting, except for three, because after Carly, Carly was the one who got shot, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. After she got shot, I was so unnerved by like it was just so shocking that I was like, I, I'll fucking play this. I'll finish this tomorrow. Like I can't deal with this anymore. Um, and then with the the next night, then I played. It's all the stuff with Duck and everything dying, and you have to shoot him, and his mother kills him. So yeah, no, I was like, I was a mess at that one too. So yeah, that that scene, like, I was, it was like straight up tears. If I'd played like, that in one sitting, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. Like, uh, that that scene like wrecked me so bad. And, and when they made you point the gun at him and stuff, like, did you? Yeah, did you guys choose to shoot him or did you make Kenny do it? I, oh, shot I, I, I did it. I shot him. Yeah. I shot him, and then I made Kenny do the one in the attic. Yep. yep that scene too. was yep. pretty nuts too. By that, the way, no, so, I did yes. the one in the attic as well. You just, I like, didn't make Kenny kids. do it. No, I, no, I, I just like, love Kenny so much. God. I made, I made Kenny do that in the attic because I felt like it would be sort of yeah. closure for him. Yeah, that's what I did too. That's the God, I'm sorry I liked a redneck asshole so much, you guys. <laughs> I live in Florida. I I know those redneck assholes, so I wasn't a fan of Kenny. <laughs> oh, how did you like that joke in episode two where he asked Lee if Lee can open a locked door because he's urban? Then he's like, I'm from Florida. Stupid shit just comes out of my mouth. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh, that was awesome. That was nice. I'd forgotten about that, but that was, that was a good joke. So I thought that, and I know we, we, we talked about this privately, um, you know, in secret behind closed doors. I thought episode four was the you know was the Gary Widow one. I thought it was not the best written one. Not and not just in terms of like the plot, which you know because it was setting up episode five. But I just thought like it it didn't feel that great in writing wise. You know, it, it, the funny thing with four is that I kept on feeling like it was going to end on a cliffhanger, and so I was expecting the cliffhanger to come, and then it didn't, and then it you know another scene happened and. Like, I kept on guessing where the cliffhanger was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen in the little town area or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's just my experience as a, as a writer, like, expecting, like, the narrative to go a certain way. So I guess maybe pacing-wise, I could see that it was, it, like, the pacing wasn't as good in 4 because my expectations were mismanaged somehow. But I don't know. I, I, I played... um. I played one when it came out, and then I played two on Tuesday night, and three and four last night, and five tonight. I can't believe you did the two longest episodes back-to-back last night. That's, yeah. Well, I just knew that if I tried, I I was almost entirely sure that if I waited to do four and five tonight, that I would still be playing them. That it would be a Mass Effect 3 thing where you're like, I'm almost there, guys. Yeah. (laughs) We're still, we're waiting. So I didn't want to be that guy again. (laughs) <laughs> I really appreciated, and I thought the breaks 
were just long enough each time. Because then when they would announce, like, oh, you know, in four days, the next episode will come out, then you're like, oh, okay, now I'm excited again. Like, I needed the breaks, and they were just the right amount of time. Oh, and the whole game, the game as a whole was the perfect length. I, f- I feel like, you know, I paid 20 bucks for it. I know you, like, I think it was, what was it, included with PSN Plus at one point? The, the, the first episode is free, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, 20 bucks for a game that has basically, you know, 14 hours of gameplay. Because I feel like uh, the first four episodes are about three hours long. Right, hours and long. the other one's about an hour and a half, two hours if you're really slow in some game things. So, yeah, that's that's plenty of... I mean, Assassin's Creed 3, like Eddie said, was, you know, a $60 game, and he beat it in, like, 11 or 12 hours. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I would feel comfortable saying Walking Dead is, like, my game of 2012. I mean, It is okay. easily, it's, it is my game of the year. Yeah, right I mean, now, I think, I think right now, I haven't really thought about it a whole lot, but right now, gut reaction is that it's my top game of 2012 right yeah. now. I mean, so I played the... Whole- I mean, it affected me more than any game I've played. Yeah. Well, and I just, that scene in the hotel in episode yeah, five. Yeah, was so good. The tone is amazing. The writing is amazing. The foreshadowing with the bowling bag is amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. All of that is just so perfectly crafted and creepy. And so yeah, not it, video it, gamey. Like, yeah. to have two characters just sitting there, and that's, that's the thing that struck me is how quiet... And like they didn't even really yell at each other yeah. much till like the end. It kind of they started getting, but it was just very quiet, just talking it, things out. And it was just like this is. And I felt I was, I was so like, tense. Yeah, I was helpless, and I was I was on my heels and on the defensive about all my choices and everything, which they all made sense at the time. But then as right. I'm, in retrospect, I'm sitting here like, oh fuck, he's right. Like there was some I just like I got no, I got nothing for you, man. I got no answer. And, and yeah. the other great thing about it is that it has falling action. It, yeah. it it has an actual narrative story arc, and then after that climactic scene, yeah. it's Lee is dying. <laughs> and, yeah, and a it denouement in in a fucking video game. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so so I I feel like like writing wise, absolutely, and I think the writing and characterization is so strong yes. that um, you can't like even though the gameplay is is really like the non you know. There's no traditional gameplay, just like the kind of stuff that we complain about in Assassin's Creed Three about people running and then getting a cutscene. That's essentially yeah. what happens in Walking Dead. Yeah, you know, but it it works. No, that's what you, you you look forward to those moments when like oh it's going to take control of me and then I get to make dialogue choices. Yeah, yeah, which is so funny, like that it's a bad thing in Assassin's Creed Three, but it it like sings in Walking yeah. Dead. So, despite the fact that I played Borderlands 2 for 95 hours, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, <laughs> I have a level 44 siren, and I've played for 95 hours, and I, and this still takes your game of the year. That's I, well. Now you're second guessing. Yeah, I think I can give Walking Dead my game of the year. Borderlands <laughs> 2 is really, really close, and the the main Borderlands reason, 2 is his game of the century. Well, <laughs> the thing about Borderlands 2 is that it's not as deep a game. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I feel like Walking Dead goes much deeper without like borderlands 2 is more about gameplay like traditional and i think walking dead is more about like the future of what video games could be the kind of potential yeah. that we have to look forward to i don't know why more developers don't do things like this it's yeah, like I you know what just, honestly... just tell a really good story and charge me not a lot of money for it and release it episodically and i'm yours like yeah, i'm okay i'm okay with copycats i want to see lots of games trying you know, new things like this. And well, the, the interesting thing about Telltale Games is that they've been doing this formula for a couple of years now, and it seems like, you know, the Sam and Max games are fun, but they, well, they it, never really made an impact. They were more puzzly, yeah. and they're very dependent on finding the item, and, you know, here's you, Max has this special power, use right. this power here. And actually, yeah, Sam and Max is very much that old traditional, like, find weird shit, plug it into other weird shit. Well, and Back to the Future even had a lot of kind of, like, point and click until you get the right combination of things, and... Mm. You know, I feel like your way this, through it. especially because of its strong narrative, which uses its narrative over the the point and click stuff. This is probably the first. Like, I know there's been some that were successful, but I think this is the most successful episodic game that there ever has been. Well, and it's weird because their last game was Jurassic Park, which I heard was terrible. Yeah, and they so said absolutely. Like, I was avoiding Walking Dead because it was like, oh, well, Jurassic Park sucked. From what it's I hear, when, so. it, when it became free for the PSN Plus is when I was like, okay, I'll try it. And then after that, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. Actually, 
I liked it enough that I would play the second episode, and after the second episode, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the duration of whatever you got for me now. Yeah. Um, one, two quick things. One, the voice acting uh, mm-hmm. was fantastic. Lee, if he doesn't win the Spike Video Game Award or any whatever <laughs> award, like he was I'm other Clementine might should win too. Um, they were fantastic. Yeah. Really, really good. Uh, the other thing is, what do you expect? What are your expectations, or what do you want to see in season two? That it happens really soon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I'd, it would be. Interesting I'd be curious to... if she met up with Krista and Omid. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's going to pick up immediately from the end of epi- uh, from the end of episode five, or do you think it will like skip forward a few years and like Clementine's well, grown up or well, what something? Do you think that, what do you think that? I don't think it'll skip forward because the. Well, I was just. I the, just double thought that that would go yeah. out of the like the terms. The rest of the, of the, Dead the canon of yeah. Walking Dead is yeah. not yeah. Dead. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Uh, uh, so apparently, I was reading about this on on the the Walking Dead wiki page, but um, apparently there is a, a novel that deals with the character of of Lily a little bit, and Lily also shows up in the comic books. Yes, mm-hmm. um, but some of the can't like some of it is conflicting. <laughs> so so some of the stuff in the book conflicts with some of the stuff in in uh, the video game, which is interesting. Like they've already kind of like fucked up their own canon after so little time um i don't know i obviously they're probably trying to keep it before or around the same time as the tv series so they're probably not yeah they're probably not going to make a big jump i mean clementine would be an interesting character to follow but i'm not sure she could carry a whole game i mean it seems like you couldn't make the same kind of crazy moral choices with a nine-year-old kid also, that the connection to Clementine is what made a lot of the game. So, I'm I, while I'd love to see a Clementine character, I think you're right. I don't know if you can age her too much. I feel like the thing is, I feel like you have to age her if you want that same kind of connection, some of those same moral choices. Mm-hmm. So that makes me wonder if she won't be the main character the next one. But I can't imagine not having her there either. Yeah, yeah. So. I feel like protecting her as another character would feel like kind of repeating itself. But I almost feel like it would make more sense from a narrative sense than um, I just, that was redundant Yeah. Uh, than <laughs> to play as her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because the protecting her is very important. I think to a lot of people now and well, making I sure think, she's okay. And if it, I think she needs to be in the game in some way. Yeah. I kind of feel like no matter what the season two of the game is going to have a different alchemy. Like, it's it's not going to be the same type of game. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, yeah, I don't know if it can be. I mean, hopefully they can repeat their success. Like, that... <laughs> but I think it'll be a little bit a t- little bit tough for them in some ways to, to live up to this. The funny thing is that, like... Okay, so I've read the first two volumes of the comic book. Uh, I, I think I've heard that, like, when it gets really good is when they get to the prison, which is, in the, I, is like, volume three or volume four. I haven't gotten that far. Um, I've only watched one episode of the TV series and I played the game. So I've, I've sort of gone like ass backwards. Yeah, no, I, um, especially because the first two seasons of the walk of the TV show were very uneven. I was saying forever, telling everybody that would listen. I was like, the, the video game is much better than the TV show. And now the TV show is actually caught up. Now the TV show is good. <laughs> now the TV show is really good. The game is still better, but the TV show is, is a lot better now. Yeah, season three is best season by far. Yeah, easily, easily. They've trimmed a lot of the fat. Yeah, they, need to, they still need to trim some more though. Lori, <laughs> I don't want to spoil the TV show here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's. Womp hey, I've, re- I've I've read the comic books. <laughs> let's just say the character that I hate the most, that I actively wanted to die, that that person's not around anymore. <laughs> Rick. But it happened in a way that I actually like didn't like the way it happened, and I felt like sad about it. Yeah. You know so, what? The, oh. the craziest thing about The Walking Dead is that I think it makes like record-breaking ratings yep. for a cable show, like 16 million people watch it or something. Yep. Obsessed, yeah. Which yeah. is better than a lot of the network shows. Yeah, it's insane yeah. the numbers it gets. For- and I'm okay with it this season, but when it was happening last season, I was sitting here like, "What is wrong with you people?" Like yeah, I'm watching season, this. Season two was not good. Yeah, but like, and there were people on Facebook like, "Oh my God, The Walking Dead is so amazing!" And I would just like sit here and try not to like type out my contempt for that entire show and the characters and everything. And now it's now it's better though, so now we're okay. Because they were the my the way I looked at it, the TV show uh, was 
these are the dumbest group of survivors of all time and we're just tasked with like we get to follow their story instead of the smart people who are probably like 300 yards away at all times <laughs> you know just off screen yeah cool well i think we have about done it for uh spoiling the heck out of the walking dead game yes. um, so i think that is the end of the podcast so if you want to unless you guys have anything else you want to add sleeping dogs is amazing go play it yeah it's pretty good sleepy dogs. i would give it a nine i say google I sleepy like dogs did i did um, i admit to finally playing skyrim after a year and a half <laughs> yeah you mentioned earlier but yeah you didn't say yeah. that you'd finally started it finally started you've it. succumbed succumbed um yeah, yeah i'm literally playing like playing nothing else nice uh, walking dead borderlands 2 and skyrim and i haven't touched any other games it's kind of sad actually Hey, man, you like what you like. Eh. All right. Well, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're twitter.com slash gamersushi. I'm twitter.com slash Eddie Rivas. I'm twitter.com slash unsquare. Twitter.com slash Anthony Taylor underscore. Twitter.com slash MI7CH. And follow twitter.com slash Nick Camardo and wish him a happy birthday. Belated. Yeah. Because you'll probably be hearing us a week after his birthday. <laughs> and Sunday. Uh, rate and review the podcast on iTunes with all the stars. All the stars and all Gamer the nice Sushi comments. Will remember that. <laughs> all right, dudes. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. You know what's funny is when you started like doing the outro, Eddie. I could actually hear the music I'm going to put at the end of this in my head. Oh yeah, what are you using? Send it again. I didn't get to listen to it when you said it. Yeah, it's not.